Hello and welcome. My name is Ryan Cathy, and if you're like me, you've got kids or you're thinking about having kids, and your view of the world around you looks bleak. It's tough being a parent in today's world, but one of the best lessons we can teach our kids is how to think for themselves, ask the right questions, and treat others with respect. But how do we do that when our kids are being indoctrinated into a world of outrage culture, well-meaning but misguided social justice warriors, political buffoonery, school shootings, internet porn, an opioid epidemic, police brutality, violence, fear-mongering, endless taxation, constant war, and way more craziness than we could ever list here. Well, don't worry, because on this podcast, we tackle those very questions. Now, make no mistake, this show is not for kids. We try and keep the language PG-13, but we also talk about difficult subjects that I believe little ears shouldn't have to deal with yet. But this is a great place for you parents to possibly learn how to talk to your own kids about these things when the time is right. We're going to look at the news, current events, history, politics, and culture, all with a focus on how to talk with your kids on a level they can understand from a libertarian perspective. So with that in mind, let's jump right into episode one. First up, why is the podcast called Anarchy Dad? Well, the dad part is easy. I'm a dad. I've been a dad for a little over five years now, and uh, it's been great. You know, being a dad is awesome. But the second part, the anarchy part, that's a little bit tougher for some people to swallow because they actually have a weird connotation with the word anarchy. So first of all, I'm going to explain to you why I call myself an anarchist and no, that's not real scary and how I got here. My political history, I was raised in a Republican home. Uh, Everybody in the household was a Republican Um, and sometime around 25, 26, uh, maybe it was around then it was right before the Ron Paul revolution. If you remember that right before that, uh, I started getting into being a libertarian, um, only because I was really disillusioned with Republicans and cause basically I had thought that they were the small government party, right? They wanted to make the federal government smaller. They wanted to spend less. They wanted to do less. They didn't want to get involved in your life, right? Well, come to find out, that's not how the Republicans actually are, at least not the ones who are in office, the representatives, the senators, and definitely not the presidents. Um, To me, Democrats and Republicans are basically two sides of the same worthless coin. Um, They're all playing the same game. Uh, They all want to spend money like crazy. They all want to have a huge government. They just have different things that they want to put down as their line items for things they want to pay for. Um, Basically, that's the reason why I became a libertarian, only because libertarian sounded good. And, you know, I didn't really know much about it other than the fact that I liked what Ron Paul had to say. And so there I was joining the libertarian party. Uh, While later, probably about six years ago, I had a friend on Facebook ask me, if I was an anarchist yet. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. What? What do you mean? Am I an anarchist? That's crazy. Of course I'm not an anarchist. And he was like, well, you're a libertarian, right? And I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, well, I think you're probably an anarchist too, but 
you know, let's see if you are. And I was like, I guarantee you I'm not. I, like I said, I've never thrown a rock through a window. Uh, I've never lit a Molotov cocktail and thrown it at a cop car. Uh, I've never worn a black mask or a black, black hoodie. Um, I'm not an anarchist, dude. I, I especially have never uh, sent a bomb to somebody through the mail. Okay. So no, I'm not an anarchist. And he started asking me a few questions about what I believed. And then after I answered those questions, he asked me, is there ever a time when what you believe doesn't apply to somebody else? And I said, well, absolutely not. Of course not. And he said, well, I think you're an anarchist then. And I was confused at first and I was actually scared because I thought, oh, what if I am an anarchist? This is, this is crazy. And yeah, I was nervous and I actually responded to him. I was like, well, are you an anarchist? And he was like, yeah, definitely I am. And I, I freaked out. I was like, is it difficult for you to travel internationally? Like, are you on some sort of like no fly list? Because, you know, you've now told me that you're an anarchist. And he's like, no, man, like, it's just a philosophy I believe in. It's, it's a philosophy of certain principles. And that's what I go by. And yeah, like, you know, nobody, nobody has me on a list as far as he knew. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, about five years ago, I really started researching anarcho-capitalism five or six years ago, and I came to realize, yeah, I, I'm an anarchist. Um, and the description I used is, is an anarcho-capitalist, um, and that mostly fits with a couple of caveats. Um, number one, uh, intellectual property. Um, I don't take the standard view of intellectual property that most other anarchists do, only because um, I think that the terms that are involved in that need to be redefined. We'll get into that in a later episode, I'm sure. But the second thing that I'm completely not on board with, at least with the standard libertarian or anarchist or ANCAP philosophy, is abortion. Um, I am completely 100% against abortion. And um, yeah, so if, if you came here or, or if you want to come back here and scream at me and plaster my name all over the place and tell other people that I'm a monster because I don't want to allow mothers to kill their children, you go right ahead. That's perfectly fine with me. Um, you do whatever you want, but that's just something that's not going to change for me. And there are many other uh, anarchists and many other libertarians who agree with me. So uh, that's the thing about the libertarian party, the libertarian camp, both big L and little L. It's a very, very big tent. Uh, we like to include a lot of different people. We all have our little arguments inside the party, inside of the, uh, not really the party, but, you know, inside of the philosophy. We all have some, some different interpretations of how that looks, but we are a big tent organization. We like a lot of different people in here. So, um, so what is anarcho-capitalism? Let's, let's first look at the actual word. What does the word anarchy mean? We all pretty much know, I think, what capitalism means. I hopefully, hopefully we know what that means. A lot of people seem to not know what that means though. Uh, today they think that it means, uh, you know, giant corporations that rule your life. That's no, that's not what it is. Um, true capitalism in its simplest form, uh, especially in the absence of a government is simply people being able to do what they want to do with their money, with their resources, uh, with their own bodies and with their own property. Right? So, I want to buy and sell and trade things with other people and they want to do the same with me. As far as I'm concerned, they should, we should have no problems there, right? There shouldn't be any sort of rules or regulations over that. Um, now the anarcho part, the anarchist part, what does that mean? Well, let's look at other words that are similar. Look at monarchy. 
right? A monarchy is simply a government ruled by one person, or it's a nation or a city-state. Anything that has a group of people and they're ruled by one person. Uh, then look at oligarchy. Same thing. It's it's a it's a group of people who rule a nation or a city-state or a group, whatever you want to call it. Um, anarchy is simply without a ruler. That's all that means. Um, it just means we don't have a ruler. We don't want a ruler. We don't think we need a ruler. Now, you may think that I'm crazy, and that's totally fine. Uh, tell me that I'm crazy. Go for it. Send me a message. I'm all for it. Um, but anarchy just simply means no rulers. And you might be thinking, well, that's just chaos, Ryan. That's just absolute chaos. How do we have a society if we don't have any rules? Ding, ding. Notice I did not say no rules. I simply said no rulers. Anarchists are against the monopoly of force that the state holds over the people. Okay. Um, however, we are not against rules. And how does this work? Well, it all comes down to a very centralized idea in the uh, anarcho-capitalist system, uh, in the anarcho-capitalist belief system. And that is that property rights and your right to your own life, your own body, are at the center of everything. Self-ownership and property rights. That's it. So if I own a piece of property, I can make whatever rules I want on that piece of property, and everybody who enters that piece of property needs to follow those rules, um, or else I can ask them to leave. And that's basically what it comes down to. Um, now, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Let me, let me back up just a little bit, okay? Uh, Anarcho-capitalism is basically the natural state of human interaction minus the aggression. That's what it comes down to. It's the natural state of human interaction minus the aggression. Uh, in other words, people want to buy and sell things with each other. That's totally great. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, go for it. And that brings us to another principle or, or another ideal that we have in the libertarian slash anarchist movement. And that is the non-aggression principle. Uh, notice it is not a non-aggression policy. It is a non-aggression principle. And basically what this is, and some people call it the NAP for short, Basically what this is, is that we have all agreed, if we're all going to be libertarians or anarchists or live in a society, that we all agree that we need to follow a certain principle. And that is that we will not show aggression towards or aggress anyone else. And aggression is not just physical aggression or violence. Aggression is also fraud, uh, coercion, and a list of many other things that, that um, basically cause people to do something that they don't want to do, or it hurts them if they don't do what you want them to do. Um, that is not good. I think we can, all, we can all agree on that. And that's why it's such a universal concept uh, that we have, the non-aggression non principle. Uh, basically, it comes down to voluntary interaction without force. Just like I said, it's human interaction minus the aggression or voluntary interaction without force. Good ideas do not require force. Uh, if I want to build a library because I think that would be great for my community, I should be able to go out tell other people about it, find some donors, find some people who want to support that and drum up enough money, drum up enough support, drum up enough resources to get that library built without having to use the state to force people to pay for that library. 
And if I can't find enough people to get that done, then maybe it wasn't the best idea. Maybe there's a different way of going about it that's cheaper, easier, uh, more efficient. There's a lot of different things that you can look at, but ultimately, good ideas don't require force. So anarchy means no rulers, not no rules, and it all comes down to property rights that are at the center of it all, and that's because we want everybody to have voluntary interactions without force. Okay. That's kind of the whole concept in a nutshell in terms of like why the show is called Anarchy Dad, right? And the reason why I want to do it from a parenting point of view is because there's a lot of people that are doing this whole thing on anarchy and and libertarianism and how that affects us as adults. But how does it affect our kids? I mean, our kids are growing up in a world that's pretty dang scary, And it's really easy for us as parents to look to authority figures, to look to the state, to look to our city, to look to our school districts, our public school districts, to handle all of this stuff for us, right? Um, Hey, you need to keep my kids safe. Hey, you need to keep my kid protected from all this stuff. How do we make sure that that we create and enforce enough rules and enough regulations to make sure that my kid will be safe? Because you're absolutely right. As a parent, it's your job to make sure that your kid grows up in a safe environment. But that's the thing. It's your job to make sure that your kid grows up in a safe environment. It's not your job to force everybody else to pay for things that make sure that your kid grows up in a safe environment. See the difference? One requires force. One doesn't require any force. It's simply you being a good parent and applying these principles to your own kids and making sure that they understand what you mean when you talk to them. So how does this apply to parenting? Here at the Anarchy Dad Podcast, we are big believers in giving you parents great things to incorporate into your own parenting techniques. These are not like lessons because, you know, like I'm not a parenting expert, uh, not by a long shot, but we've had some great success with at least one of our kids so far. Like I said, the other one's two weeks old, so we'll see how it goes. Um, But ultimately... We've had great success with doing some of these things. And, um, you know, on the show, we want to talk to other parents. We want to talk with other experts. We want to bring in all sorts of people to speak into these subjects. But ultimately, we want parents to walk away from this podcast feeling like they've been equipped with the proper tools of how to raise their kids in a way where they show respect for other people's life, for other people's property, where they make good decisions, uh, so on and so forth. So let's just jump right into one of the ideas that we have here. To get started, let's go ahead and first just talk about my eldest daughter, Uh, her situation and how maybe we can help her handle some conflict that she's come across in her own life. Uh, My daughter, my eldest daughter, she is the boss in her own mind. She is the boss. Um, And I don't say that in a negative way. Uh, She is definitely bossy. She knows exactly what she wants. She knows when she wants it. She knows how she wants it. And I love that about her. Both her mom and I, we both love that about her. Uh, It's one of her best qualities. In fact, we've always said we'd rather have a child that has that as their default than a child that has the opposite as their default. Um, We love the fact that she takes charge and that she knows what she wants. We love it. We love it. We love it. There are a couple other kids on our block who also think that they are the boss. Uh, We love this about them as well. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that my kid is the only one who's allowed to be the boss, okay? In fact, quite the opposite. Um, We love kids that know what they want 
and know how they want it and when they want it. That's a great thing. But we don't love when any kid, especially my own, wants to be the boss of others without first establishing consent. Now that sentence, that's one of the reasons why we're like, this probably isn't a show for your kids. Establishing consent is, is a topic that's like, well, A, why would you ever use that language with a kid, right? Um, but B, there's, it's, a, it's a complex thing, right? So how do we teach my daughter to ask for consent and handle other kids not asking for consent when it comes to controlling play? Well, let's first and foremost, let's tackle the obtaining consent first. How do we teach my kid to obtain consent or to ask for consent in the midst of her playing with neighborhood kids? Well, the first thing is we teach her to ask things like, can I set the rules next time? Can I make up the game this time? How about I be the leader this time? Um, in other words, there's nothing wrong with taking charge. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm going to lead this one. But we need to make sure that other kids are okay with it. Okay. And the funny thing is, is that the more that we, we show this in her and the more that she shows this to her friends, the more that we see that that's actually what happens. They all start to ask those questions because they understand that in order for them to play in a friendly and loving way, and it stays fun, it doesn't devolve into some argument, is they each kind of ask and take turns taking charge, right? So that's a great way of, of establishing consent, making sure that other kids are okay with my kid taking charge or making sure that my kid is okay with them taking charge, right? Next, let's tackle how to handle kids who don't ask to be in charge and simply assume it. This is going to be a scary word for some of you, but it's ostracism. I know you're probably thinking, yikes, dude, that's drastic. Seriously, you're going to ostracize a kid just because he wants to take charge. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Ostracism is one of the best way in kids to get them to kind of play along. Right. And I don't mean you make fun of them. I don't mean you say, go away, get out of my face. It just simply means if another kid is trying to take charge and they didn't ask for consent, they didn't ask you if it was okay, or if you know it was your turn to do it, and they just said, nah, forget it, it's my turn now, just walk away. Just say, you know, I don't really wanna play with you anymore, so I'm gonna go back inside. And oftentimes what'll happen is they'll say, wait, 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 no, 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 I'm sorry, uh, that's okay, can I do it next time? Right, it's just a great reminder for them. And sometimes they won't do it, sometimes they'll be like, fine, go away, I don't care, great. I don't want my kid playing with kids who don't care about others or their feelings, right? And I don't want my kid to be someone who doesn't care about others or their feelings either, right? So what happens when she doesn't get her way? Because there's times when she wants her way and other kids don't agree. Well, she can either choose to keep playing under someone else's rules and control, or she can use persuasion, isolation, or ostracism as a way of, you know, basically saying, this is what I want. This is how I want it to be. And if other people don't like it, they don't have to play with me and I don't have to play with them. Right. And I know a lot of you parents are probably thinking like, oh my gosh, this is like harsh. This is crazy. Well, here's the thing. Is it any different than if you were to jump in, right? If, if, if my daughter comes in and screams at me, dad, 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 this person isn't letting me do this. He's not letting me swing on the swing. Okay. Well, was he on the swing first? No, I was there and he just walked up and said, you need to get off the swing. I say, okay, did he hit you? No. Okay, did he say something mean to you? No, he just said I need to get off the swing. Okay, we'll keep swinging. And if they still say you want, you need to get off the swing, then tell them, look, I don't want to play with you, man. 
You can ask me to get off the swing, but don't tell me to get off the swing. And just also, by the way, if you ask me and I say no, that's up to me. I don't have to just because you want me to. Right? But it's it's just it's teaching kids a different way of thinking about human interaction, right? It's teaching them to take control of their own situations and to take charge, at least of themselves, so that they don't get taken advantage of, so that they're respectful of other people. And here's the thing. This doesn't always work. I'm not saying that this always works, okay? Because sometimes things turn violent. <laughs> Um, and what happens when things turn violent? Sometimes my daughter will be doing something, another kid will come up and say, you need to do it this way, and she'll say, you know, actually, I don't want to, and then they'll just haul off and hit her, right? So how do we handle that? Well, the first thing I do is I remind her of property rights and self-ownership, and I don't use those words, but I basically just tell her, no one has the right to hurt you, and you don't have the right to hurt anyone else, no matter what. So if someone hurts you, yes, definitely come get me. Come tell me. And if you hurt somebody else, you better understand that you are going to be in huge trouble from me. Okay? And this is where parent, parental intervention is required. This is where it takes a parent who's a little bit more level-headed, hopefully, comes in, you know, settles the situation, calms it down, asks what's going on, and then basically reminds all the kids, look, we don't touch other people, we don't hurt other people, uh, especially to get our way. That's, that's not okay. All right? So... Please don't hit, please don't kick, please don't push, whatever it is. Now, please try to get along. Take turns, okay? Take turns. That's all there is to it. Boom. That's it, okay? Now, if you think I'm wrong, please tell me you think that I'm wrong. I want to hear it. I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear how you handle these things as well. Um, but, yeah, that's that's basically one way in which I think about this podcast as being a help to other people. And get, don't get me don't get me wrong here. I don't think that I have all the answers. Okay. And every situation is different. Every kid is different. Every kid's neighborhood is different. Um, there are a lot of things going on, uh, in people's lives that are way different than my life. So I understand that I get it. Um, please don't be fearful to, to, to message me, tell me, call me out say, Hey dude, I think you're absolutely wrong. Um, cause I might be, I probably am. Um, Anyway, let's, let's move on. Okay, so one of the things that we actually want to do here on the show is something we call Ryan's Anarchist Nursery Rhyme Time, or Rant for short. Uh, we basically take a popular nursery rhyme, flip the script on it a little bit. I don't know why I said flip the script. That's not me. I never say that. Anyway, tweak it a little bit, change it around, maybe look at it from a different angle, and figure out a lesson that we can teach our kids in that nursery rhyme from a libertarian perspective. So let's jump right in. Episode one, we're going to start with probably one of the most popular nursery rhymes out there, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Now, for those of you who do not know, Mary Had a Little Lamb is actually based on real events. Uh, at least it was inspired by true happenings. Um, way back in 1798, that's a long time ago, people. That's a really long time ago. So these principles are old. They're steadfast. They're true. Uh, anyway, there was a little school. A little girl named Mary brought her lamb to school. Okay, so it, it actually happened. But let's go ahead and read through the lyrics of Mary Had a Little Lamb, and we'll go from there. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. 
It followed her to school one day, which was against the rules. It made the children laugh and play to see a lamb at school. And so the teacher turned it out, but still it lingered near, and waited patiently about till Mary did appear. Why does the lamb love Mary so? The eager children cry. Why Mary loves the lamb, you know, the teacher did reply. Let's analyze this real quick. Let's look at this from a libertarian perspective. This is a great example and a great lesson in property rights. And the fact that two people who have two different properties and the rules about their property clash, they can still get along. They can still figure out a way of making things happen. Mary, she had a little lamb. It was hers. She brought it from home. She brought it to, you know, it was her property. She brought her property to a place, another person's property, that had rules against causing distractions. Now, most likely this was a private school because this was the late 1700s and they didn't have anything like public schools back then. Um, so I bet you it was a private school or at least, at least it was a community school. Uh, parents probably set it up and hired a teacher with their own money, not taxes, and said, we're going to pay this teacher to teach our kids. Great. But she brought this lamb to school. Okay. And there's a rule against causing distractions. You can't distract the children from learning. Well, clearly bringing a lamb to school would distract children. And it even says it in the song, right? It caused the children to laugh and play as opposed to be learning. So the question is, how do you handle this? If you're the teacher, if you're the one hired by people to teach the kids, how do you handle this? Especially when someone brings their own property. Well, you've got rules on your property that say you can't bring something like that, right? So the teacher said, we're going to put your lamb outside. We're going to put it outside. It can hang out out there. The lamb stayed, stayed nearby. Mary was fine. Uh, at the end of the day, the kids all asked like, hey, why is that lamb still outside? And the teacher said, well, because Mary loves that lamb and that lamb knows that it's loved by Mary. And so why would it go anywhere else? That's essentially what the moral of the story is at the end is that if you take care of your property, your property will take care of you. I don't think that's the moral. I don't know if there is a moral, but the point that I'm trying to make is that um, is a great way of showing how two people with kind of opposing views on their property can still get along. They can still figure out a way of making sure that things work. And it all comes down to respecting everybody else's property rights and making sure that everyone else respects your property rights. That's what it comes down to. So anyway, that's how we're going to wrap it up today on today's episode. Um, thank you for listening to episode one. I really appreciate it. In the future, we're going to have all sorts of various guests. Uh, we're going to have uh, various segments, uh, just like the nursery rhyme time, uh, other things going on. Uh, we're going to look at local news, national news, international news. We're going to look at cultural issues. We're going to look at all sorts of things, all from the focal point, all from the lens of how do we raise kids to be basically voluntary people, right? How do we raise kids to respect other people's property rights, to respect other people, to respect other people's lives, and to enter into interactions with other humans in a voluntary basis without force? That's what we're looking at. So please subscribe. Uh, it would be awesome. You can find this podcast basically anywhere. Uh, we do record this and put it out from the uh, anchor.fm site. So if you can't find it anywhere else, that's probably where you found it. So go ahead and subscribe there. Uh, also, if you like the show and if you want to keep the show going, please feel free to pledge and uh, 
give a, a small monthly donation to make sure that uh, we can keep the show going. Um, anyway, my name is Ryan, and I really appreciate you listening to the show once again. Uh, we will see you soon. <laughs>